Well, Dwayne's gone. So I guess it means they stick me up here to see what happens. Um, and someone asked if I was nervous about uh, preaching. I was like, well, kind of. But I'm more nervous about this headset I got on. I've uh, never wore this thing before. And I feel like my ears are sticking out really far with these wires behind my ears. Um, and also, I've heard too many horror stories about preachers and their headsets. Of um, them walking into bathrooms after the service and forgetting to turn them off. So, Nate, I'm trusting you in the back there. To, if I leave, mute. Okay. But, um, so this morning, um, I'm talking about the last sermon for the Holy Spirit. Um, we've been talking about, Dwayne has been talking for the last, what, three sermons now on power, being powered by the Holy Spirit. And uh, I guess I'm going to finish this series, kind of sum it up. So this morning we're talking about how to sense and obey the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Romans 8, uh, 13. We don't have a PowerPoint this morning because um, we're having projector issues. Hopefully we'll get that fixed in the next few Sundays. But um, So we need to use our Bibles this morning. Romans 8, chapter, or chapter 8, verse 13. It says, For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. It says, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. This immediately brings us to a question. How are we led by the Holy Spirit? How do we know when the Spirit's speaking to us? How do we know that, that it's the Spirit? How do we know when we get that feeling that we need to do something? Oh, something, I need to go talk to that person. Or I need to go and, and uh, do, say something or, or do this or move here. Or, how do we know that's the Holy Spirit? How do we know it's not just the hot potatoes we had last night coming back to haunt us? Or, or how do we know that it's not like selfish ambition or, or motive that's kind of getting this thought in my head? You know, when the Spirit spoke to me and told me to eat 10 pizzas in one night, how do I know that was the Spirit or how that, that was something else going on? Maybe that was my stomach's um, speaking. By the way, I'm a, I'm a youth pastor, so I'm going to use food a lot as illustrations. It's just with teenagers, you know, when you say food, they look up and they're ready to pay attention. So we'll have some food uh, illustrations here. But, but how do I know when the Spirit's leading? So we're going to talk for the first part of the sermon about that. How do I, how do I sense the Spirit? And if you look at the Bible, the Bible gives us three things about how to sense the Holy Spirit, when we know the Holy Spirit is speaking. And the first one is, it's pretty easy, but I think we miss it so often. It's you got to know God. What does it mean to know God? How do you know if you actually know God? We're going to have a little fair long cooking show here. I'm going to make for you a hamburger, okay? So I got these, uh, I got these two buns right here. And we'll put them together. And voila, I have the hamburger, Right? Right? I got the hamburger? No. Oh, oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. Oh, I always forget stuff. Um, but um, every hamburger, if you want a real hamburger, every good hamburger has to have this lettuce put in between it. So now, I got the hamburger. Right? No. Aha. Ketchup and mustard. Now look, every good hamburger has ketchup and mustard. So we're going to put a little... Mustard on that. Oh, yeah. A little ketchup on that. I feel like Rachel Ray up here. Okay. Here we go. Okay, I got a little ketchup and mustard on there. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the hamburger. No. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're, you're right. Uh, 
Let's get some let's get some pickles on there. We need some pickles. Here we go. Ooh, those are good pickles. I did wash my hands before this. Oh, and let's get some cheese. Need the cheese. And oh yeah, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the hamburger. Do I have a burger here? What am I missing? Yeah, it's not an actual hamburger until I actually open up this little tin foil thing here, pull out the burger, and put it in there. Now that is a hamburger. All right, thank you. Whoever clapped there. And it's uh, Ed Patton. It's his birthday today, Ed. So you get the hamburger. So I'm just going to set it right here. Come on up. Get your hamburger. I'm serious. I'm serious. It's good. I, I fried it myself. It's great. Put a little salt. Back. Come on. Come on, Deb. I got a little soda to go with it. That's just in case, you know, you get hungry and thirsty too. Um, but so often, that's the way we, we think we know God. We're like, you know what? I know God because I go, I go to church. He's like, you know, I go, I go to, I go, how do you know God? Because I go to church. And that's like putting some lettuce between those buns. Okay. So, you got lettuce there. But do you really know God? Oh, yeah, I know God because, because you know, I pray. Oh, let's put some cheese in there. Okay, I know God because I do ministry work. Ooh, that's good. Let's put some pickles in there. And I do, I do, I know God because I'm always telling people about Jesus Christ. Ooh, let's put some ketchup and mustard on there. But do you actually know God if you don't have a relationship with him? Do you actually know God? Is this actually a burger if there's no actual burger? It's not a burger until the meat's in there. And so many people think they know God just because they do all this exterior stuff. And really, it comes down to a relationship. Do you spend time with God? Are you relating back and forth? Is it always you talking or is God talking back? Is it fellowship going on? And it's not hard for us to know what a, a relationship is. We have relationships all around us, good and bad. And we know what a good relationship looks like. We know what a bad relationship looks like. My, my challenge to you this morning is, if you want to sense the Holy Spirit, you've got to know God. I think too many of us are sitting around thinking, why am I not sensing the Holy Spirit? But we really don't know who God is. Because God, the Holy Spirit is really God in us. Like, it's, it's the part of God. And if you don't know God, you're not going to be able to recognize the Spirit. When the Spirit speaks, you're not going to be able to recognize it because you don't know God. And you need that. If you want to sense the Holy Spirit and be a, have a life that's driven by the Holy Spirit, you have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm getting to know Dwayne pretty well. Um, we, you know, I, I work under him. We have our offices next to each other. We're always chatting and comparing notes and stuff. And it's great. We have a good time. Um, so if someone walk up to me and say, Dwayne said that the only reason he's a pastor is because he's a control freak and he wants control. I can immediately say, Dwayne never said that. Like, uh, yes, he did. I'd be like, uh, no, he didn't. Like, yes, he did. No, he didn't. We go back and forth. And I would totally defend Dwayne because I know Dwayne personally. And I know his heart. Now, if someone walked with me and said, Dwayne wanted to know if his sermon, was, his sermon title was stodgy. I'd be like, that's Dwayne. He's always asking me that. Um, but so I know Dwayne. So when people talk about Dwayne or say Dwayne said something, I can defend him because I know Dwayne. Same with Jesus Christ. If the Spirit's leading in your life, and if you know God, you'll be able to recognize the Spirit. If you don't, and, and the Spirit tells you to do something, you won't know. Unless you know if you have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, second thing you need to know is Scripture. So you need to know God, you need to know Scripture. Because when someone tells you, look, I can't, if I walk up to you and say, hey, the Spirit told me that you need to do this. Or you need to do that. You need to say this to this person. If it doesn't match Scripture... If it's contradictory to scripture, 
immediately you know that's not the Holy Spirit speaking. Immediately you know that that is not of God. That's someone else talking. Um, 1 John 4 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. We live in a culture in an age that there are many, not just some, there are many false prophets out there. People who will say, this is from God, this is God speaking, and they're just full of baloney. And what they say is not true at all. And that's why it's so important to know your Bible. And that's why Dwayne's always stressing, know the scripture, not just what Dwayne says here, but know the scripture for yourself because you're going to be faced with false prophets. And if you don't know what scripture says, you're immediately going to be like that wave on the sea. that's just back and forth. Believe this and believe that, believe this and have no firm foundation because you have nothing to stand on because you personally don't know the word of God. When someone says something to me, you can't, you can't think, well, is that contrary to the scriptures or is that, is that um, going against them? Um, I, have a, I have a client in Phoenix, and uh, she received this letter in the mail, and it's a little blue cloth and about this big. And the letter went like this. It was like, um, this is a cloth from a healer. Now, this healer, and this is him talking. He's like, I will, I've been praying about you, and the Spirit told me that you have certain things in your life that you need to be healed from. So touch this cloth, and then get 20 bucks to send it in the mail, and then I'll pray for you, and those problems will go away. And I was, I was, I was, at first I started laughing. I thought it was hysterical. And then I got really upset because I was like, wow, this guy is really jipping people out. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, pay and your prayers will be answered. Direct contradiction with scripture. So we need to know scripture. I think I was actually his checkbook talking. That's, I wanted to write it back and like, sir, I think it's your, the spirit of your checkbook, not the spirit of God talking to you. Um, okay, third thing we need to know is how to be quiet. And that is a challenge. So we need to know God. We know the, the scriptures. And the third thing we need to know in order to sense the Holy Spirit is we need to know how to get quiet. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. You know, we live in a world that's screaming stuff at us. Commercials everywhere. Do this. Do that. You want to be successful. Believe this. But God whispers. Our God whispers because he doesn't, he doesn't want that kind of relationship that's just, that he has to shout. Because so, you know, if, you, if I have to shout to you, that means we're not close. That means you're off somewhere else. God's not a shouting God. He wants that intimate relationship where you're next to me and just lean over to you and whisper something. And you'll hear him. He wants to have your whole attention, your whole, your whole self, your whole self surrender to him. Where you're not trying to juggle both things, trying to listen to the world with one ear and him with the other. He wants your complete attention. So all he has to do is whisper and you're still and you know that he is god but you know we have tv we got music we got movies we got busyness we got this groove that we're in we're like don't throw off my groove you know i'm i'm doing my groove and so often we miss those whispers from god and then we wonder why we can't sense the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? I'm trying to sense him. I'm trying to follow him. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been praying for the Holy Spirit would speak to me. And while I'm watching this TV show or, you know, it's just not happening. And, and, you know, often it's not even the bad things. It's the good things. We get our life so distracted with doing good stuff that we forget about being still and knowing that there's a God. And letting God speak to us. How often does this communication with God happen one way? And a one-way communication is not a relationship. That's a, that's a dictatorship there where you're trying to tell God what he needs to do and what. Okay, a relationship is where both people are understood and both people are communicating back and forth. Uh, John 14. You guys want to turn there? John 14, verse 25. So you might be asking, well, what's the big deal, Keith? 
Why are, we, why are we talking about the Holy Spirit? Like, I, I, sure, why do I need to sense the Holy Spirit? Like, what's so important about the Holy Spirit? Like, you know, I, I can read my Bible and I can get stuff out of my Bible. Why do I need to be keyed into the Holy Spirit? John 14, verse 25. All this I have spoken while I'm still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Did you catch that? Will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Will teach you. The Holy Spirit's going to teach us all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. This is Jesus talking. So in order to live a life of holiness, in order to live a life that is pleasing to God, in order to live a life that doesn't become lukewarm and polluted by this, this screaming world, we need to hear and follow the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that helps us live out God's word. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us become relevant to our culture. It's our Holy Spirit that brings application. Without the Holy Spirit, you are not, you cannot be a, a relevant Christian in this culture. You're going to be faced with things that you're going to be like, I don't know how to handle this. What do I do? Where's God's will in that? Things that there's a truth in the Bible that you can read, but it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us how to use that truth. Does that make sense? How to, how to apply it to our lives. So, three things we need to know in order to sense the Holy Spirit. We need to know God. We need to know scripture. We need to know how to be quiet. Then the Holy Spirit can direct your life. It can help you live out the truths of scripture. Help you live this, this, this Christian life. Help you know what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now sensing the Holy Spirit is only half of our task. The other half is, which is a lot harder, is obedience. I think a lot of us Yes, we can be more keyed to the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we, are, we miss the Holy Spirit. I, I miss the Holy Spirit a lot. Sometimes I'm constantly trying to do is sense the Holy Spirit and quiet myself and to, to pour myself into Scripture and to pour myself into times with God. But I think a lot of us lack in the obedience. When God asked me, so many times God's asked me to do something, I, I didn't do it. And I actually, just, I'm going to share a little bit of stories of, of some stuff that's happened to me in my life as far as the Holy Spirit goes. Because um, I've, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, and I'm, I hopefully I'll learn a lot more. Um, but so here are some things when it comes to obeying the Holy Spirit. Here are some things that I've learned. The first, number one thing is when God asks us to do something, when the Holy Spirit directs our lives in a way, it's not going to make sense. And don't let, that be, don't let that be a surprise. Right away, just get in your mind that when the Holy Spirit asks you to do something, whether big, whether small, it's not going to make sense. Until later. And sometimes that later I think is in heaven. Um, I, I was this little punk kid when I was 14 years old. And, and my brother led worship. So I, you know, I was never going to touch a guitar because I didn't want to follow my brother. Um, but then he left and went to college. Suddenly our youth group who had awesome worship times was without a worship leader. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I wouldn't have said it was the Holy Spirit at the time. But looking back I knew it was the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to learn guitar. Learn a couple chords. I'm going to help fill that void. And I'm going to. Um, lead worship at youth group. So I learned the guitar, learned a couple chords, and told my youth pastor, hey, I'm going to lead worship this, uh, this uh, Friday. He's like, okay, okay, sure. So I get up there and lead worship. Um, I thought I did pretty good. I was like, that's not bad. Walk out there, and one of my friends pulled me aside and like, Keith, 
don't ever do that again. <laughs> that was horrible. I was, I was heartbroken. I was crushed. I was like, here I go, step out for God, and like, boom, I get smashed. So I threw my guitar to my bed, swore I'd never play again, um, which later on then, I picked it back up. I think, again, it was, it was the Holy Spirit because I was so hurt. I was never going to pick up that thing again. But the Holy Spirit, I think, really guided me to pick up that guitar. And I started playing and worked on my skills and worked on my voice, worked on my chords. Now music is a huge part of my life. And my biggest moments of connecting with God has been through writing songs, singing to God. And God has used it in just a way to connect with me. Um, I absolutely love it. And I love leading worship. A, a huge passion of mine is leading God's people into worship. Um, so that's, that's one way that, you know, when the Holy Spirit leads, um, it's not going to make sense. To me, it never made sense to pick it back up my guitar because I knew it was bad. It was horrible at it. Why would I pick it back up again? Okay, I got crushed. It hurts to play guitar now because I got made fun of. But now looking back, I'm so glad I did it. And it makes a whole bunch of sense now. Um, next thing I learned with the lessons I've learned from obedience to the Holy Spirit is God uses incapable people. This is key. I think of Gideon, too. Um, there's, a, there's tons of stories about God using incapable people to do his will. And he's not asking you, when he asks you to do something, he's not asking you, can you do it? He's asking, will you do it? I'll give you the strength. Um, Emily and I were living in Phoenix, and we were busy as all get out. And, but, but God started laying, this, my heart, my, started laying on my heart this passion for worship with these teenagers so I was working with a bunch of Hispanic teens who just gave their life to the Lord. We had this new group of about 20 to 35 kids. And we were discipling them, teaching them what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But one thing was they never, we were never doing anything with worship. And God said, I want my children to worship me. So he started laying this, this vision on, on, on my heart about starting this program where like we'd meet Monday evenings and we'd have a huge worship time. And all it would be just worship and praying for each other. I was like, oh, I'm way too busy. I can't do that. And we have no musicians around here. I mean, we had some, but, you know, I, I was kind of stuck up, thought people had to be all that in order to, to play worship music. And I started playing with the band. There were struggles, and we were going at it, and we just teach people different instruments, and it was just hectic. And I'm like, God, I can't do this. This is just too much. I can't add anything to my, I'm working two full-time jobs. I can't add anything else to my schedule. But God said, look, if you're willing, I'll do it through you. And so I said, okay. And today, the program's called Out Loud. And there's been kids who got saved through it, glory to God. There's been a lot of those teens that first was at Out Loud, they have a huge heart for worship. And they're now playing instruments and, and helping to lead worship. Um, and i just seen God do so many things for that program just because I made myself available. And some of the staff made themselves available. We decided that even though we were so busy and we weren't capable of pulling something like this off, musically or schedule-wise, we decided we we're going to let God move. And he did. So remember, when God calls you to do something and you're struggling with obedience, if you think you're incapable, you are. But God can do anything. So let God use you in that way. Another thing I learned with, the, with following the Holy Spirit is there's always a risk involved. This is kind of dear to my heart. This is what actually I've been going through for the last probably, I don't know, eight months maybe to a year. There's always a risk involved. And people are going to think you're crazy. And I lived in Phoenix. I had, a, I had my first house. I was fixing up. It was great. I had a wife. We were pregnant with our first child. Life was great. I was loving it. We were doing ministry. Um, I just got a raise in my job. And then I get a, an email from Dwayne 
that says, hey, I need some help out here. There's a church that's, my church has grown and I'd love to have some help. Um, and at the time I was like, nah, it's all right. I got some offers from some other churches and didn't feel good about it. So I figured this would be another one of those. Like, no, nah, it's all right. I won't, I'm not going to go. Um, but yet God kept laying on my heart. And Emma and I talked about it. We were like, we're not going to go. But for some reason, it wouldn't go away. And as I prayed about it more, I feel like, man, there's something here. Like, I feel God's pulling me here for some reason. And I talked to Emily about it. And she felt the same way. It was weird. We're like, what? So we started praying about this. And over a period of time, and we really felt like this is where God wants us. And we got a lot of slack from, from a lot of people in Phoenix. Um, people were telling us, look, you can't do this. Your wife is seven months pregnant. You don't move to another area when your wife is pregnant like that. We have awesome, you know, health care. And, and uh, you know, Emily's mom's a nurse. And we were all taking care of the baby. We had our whole thing planned out how we're going to do this thing. And moving to another area meant it's going to start from ground zero. Then we have people tell us, you can't leave a small church. You're leading worship at a, a small church. You can't leave a small church and go help a, a church that's growing. We need you here. Like, God would never call someone to, to leave that, you know. And I was like, you're right. It's a risk. I don't know if it's right or not. I just feel this is where the Holy Spirit's sensing me to go. And, and, then, and then they're like, well, you can't, you can't go to a whole new area. I mean, you just bought a house. I mean, you know, what are you going to do with your house? It's horrible. You know, it's horrible. You can't rent it out. You can't sell it right now. I mean, you, just, you just bought it. And, but I still felt the Holy Spirit guiding me. And since I've been here, I have grown so much in my faith. And Emily and I have grown so close together. We have felt so loved in this community. And it's, I, I can't even describe in words the way I now, looking back, just, just the start of why the Holy Spirit led us here. And to see where the church is at and the gifts of the church and the church's vision is right along with where Emma and I are at. And are helping us develop that in ourselves. Um, and to see where the youth group, where they're at, and where we fit in the passions of the youth group. It's just perfect what Emily and I are passionate about and excited about. I'm sure it's just the tip off the iceberg here. But I say that because when you follow God's will, people are going to think you're nuts and crazy. You're going to probably feel like a Noah out there building an ark when there hasn't been any rain. You're going you're gonna to feel like people think you're just a freak. And also, when you, when you follow God's will, it's going to be risking God. Because when there's risks involved, and when people think you're crazy, and when people know that you're incapable, immediately, who does it glorify? Jesus Christ. People aren't going to say, wow, Keith, you're awesome. They're going to be like, wow, God, you're awesome that someone like Keith can do something like that. That's 100% God. So don't hesitate from obedience just because you think you're incapable. Just because you think there's too much of a risk involved. Because in the end, God... God knows what's best for you. And he wants what's best for you. Um, and one other thing too. Is God's going to ask you to obey in little areas. Before he's going to ask you to obey in big areas. He's going to see if he's going to trust you in little areas first. Um, when I graduated from high school. I decided that I was going to go to college. Go to Rose Bible College. And become all spiritual. And um, I needed money, like all get out too, because I was not um, doing so hot financially. And then I got a call from a send house and said, hey, we're looking for a worship leader over the summer here. Just, just three months, that's it. Come and, and help, us, help us out. Is it paid? No. Oh, okay. Probably can't do that because it's not paid. I need money. Okay. But then the more I prayed about it, the more I thought about it, the more God started laying my heart. I said, Keith, I want you there. I, I want you there. It's going to be good for you. Okay. So I had to make a decision. Am I going to stay here 
at home, make some money, prepare my, the logical thing, the best thing to do, make some money, go to college, go to college, or am I going to have to trust God, jump out on, on a little limb here, knowing that I don't have enough money for college, and that, um, but to follow his will. Well, I followed his will. I went to, I went to Columbus. Changed my life. Totally changed the direction of my life. That's when I really fell in love with leading worship. That's really really fell in love with working with youth. We had youth group come in after another. I started getting a huge passion for the generation of teenagers to become a generation that falls before God in worship. And it, I, that led to when I went to Rosedale then. That passion led right into Rosedale. From that, from, from also from the Sand House where I worked in Columbus, I heard about Reach. And then they, they heard about me, my, what I love to do with music. And suddenly they said, Keith, you know, we're doing a reach team going around the United States. Can you be a part of it? Oh, I really need to make money if I want to finish college for my second year of college. Like, well, pray about it. Okay. I did. I went on reach. Again, another life-changing thing brought me to Phoenix during the reach experience. Got to know Jarrell and Aimright Ministries. Came back to Rosedale, finished up. Jarrell called me up. Keith, we need a, you know, a youth director out here. You want to come out here and work? Sure. So I, the door opened up. I jumped out and went there. got married in Phoenix. Um, and if I would never been to Phoenix, I would have never met Emily. And I can't imagine life without Emily. And then all of a sudden, I, don't, I mean, that, that was definitely the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sometimes uses things like attraction and stuff like that to help you do stuff. But so I, I, got, I got married to Em. And then through that connection and, and doing youth ministry, Dwayne heard about me. Got aim right doing ministry. He calls me up and I'm, I'm here and I don't know where God's going to leave me in the future. But it's those little things that keep working to build your timeline to eventually lead you to where God's calling you. And where God's calling you today. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You never know where God's going to be calling and leading you next. But the important thing is, are you following the Holy Spirit? If I hadn't been following the Holy Spirit... I would probably be at home right now, living in the rec room, paying rent to my parents, bawling and depressed about that my rock band didn't work out, and living off of corn chips and salsa, and wishing I had a girlfriend. That's probably where I'd be. But God knew it was best for me, and God knew that when I would sacrifice and I would totally Put, put myself out there that he was going to teach me faithfulness. He was going to teach me trust. He was going to teach me about how much he loves me. And he was going to lead me into something that fit me perfect. That I love to do. The gifts he gave me, the stuff I love, what was perfect for me. It wasn't logical. And people thought it was crazy at many times. And sometimes they were right. But God had a plan. Because I was sensitive. Because I knew Jesus Christ. Because I studied the word. Because I was quiet and had my quiet times and my devotions, God was able to lead me. And it wasn't ever this huge boom voice. It was always just this peace I got. And God speaks to people all differently. Don't expect the same way he spoke to me to speak to you for certain things. And, but for me, it was just a peace. I just like, whoa, that feels so right. So we need to trust God in the little things. And they'll lead to the big things. And God got the purpose and call on your life. Are you sensing it? If God would call you to Africa, let's say you walk out these doors, and suddenly God would be like, I want you to go to Africa, as clear as all get out. What would your response be? How would you react? Don't they eat people in Africa? I've seen Steve's pictures. I ain't going over there. What about, let's, let's downscale a little bit. What about, what about a ministry? 
Let's say the Holy Spirit suddenly prompts you to help out with kids' church. What would your response be? Yes, Lord, I'm ready to go. Or would it be, um, ooh, does that mean I have to miss Sunday service? I need Sunday services, man. If I don't have my Sunday morning service, I'm going to lose my touch. Let's downscale a little bit more. What happens if you're in a grocery line buying your groceries and the guy's, hey, that person, you know, just get that feeling, that person behind you. Talk to them about your faith. They need it right now. They're ready. They're ready. Talk to them. What would you say? Now, then that brings up a key point because you can't be like, quote, my Bible, is that, is that contradicting scripture? And you can't be running off into the freezer closet and shutting the door and being like, God, is this what you want me to do? Because you've got to do that ahead of time. That You have to be prepared that when the Spirit speaks like that, you've got to know. If that's, you've got to be able to, the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. You've got to be able to recognize God's voice. You've got to be able to say, yeah. And if God's ever prompting you to talk to somebody, it's probably not you. It's probably God because most people aren't just like, I want to go talk to everybody. Um, but what would you do? If God prompts you to talk to that person behind you in line. You know, it's, it's sad. But I see it in my life. So often, so often I ignore the spirit. Because of two things. Fears and comforts. And, it, and I look at the church today. And, and as, as a whole, and I realize that the spirit so often is... Is, it can't be sensed because, or even when it's sensed, it isn't obeyed because of fears and comforts. Check out Galatians 5, 16. Chapter 5, verse 16. It said, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the, the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. So that you do not do what you want. So, it's, so Paul, which, which makes you a little relieved. Because if Paul struggled with this. And I guess it's okay if I struggle with this. Because Paul is my hero. But there's this conflict going on. Between our sinful nature and to the spirit. We're constantly in this conflict. Where we're screaming with our sinful nature. I want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to stay comfortable. I'm scared. And it doesn't always feel good to do that. And the spirit on the other side is leading saying, look, trust me. I know where you're going to go. I know you're going to be, your life is going to be fulfilled. It might not mean the nicest car. It might not mean the nicest house. But you're going to enjoy life and live it to the fullest. You're going to have abundant life. But we're fighting back and forth. So where, where are you in that fight? Which side's winning? Is it the sinful nature where you're just like, ah, oh, I can't do it. I can't do what, what I think God's calling me to do. I don't want to do this. It's, it's too hard. Or you're at the place where you're like, you know what? You know best, God. Your spirit, let it guide me. And so often we miss being used by God, which is our whole purpose for being alive. And, and we miss all the blessings that go with it. And then we wonder why the Christian life becomes boring. And then we wonder why the Christian life is suddenly kind of empty. It feels like we just kind of do the same things over and over again. It's because we're not following the Spirit. We're doing stuff we want to do. Because when we follow the Spirit, the Christian life is the biggest adventure ride you're ever going to be on. When we're following the Spirit. Because God knows what is best for you. He knows the gifts. He's the one who, he's the one who puts you all together. And made you who you are. And if you're, not, if you're following your, your own way of doing life, then 
100%, you're going to screw it up. But if you follow God's way of doing stuff 100% of the time, you're going to find that life is a big adventure and amazing. You're going to find that it's a God that no matter what happens, you can have that peace that passes all understanding. We need the right perspective. That's what it comes down to. I mean, we're only going to be alive, what, 90-some years if we're lucky. And the only thing that matters after those years are up, we pass away. The only thing that matters is God's response to you when he meets you. When you die, you stand before the judgment. It's not going to matter about fears. It's not going to matter what you liked, what your comforts were in life. What's going to matter is, is God, you're going to stand before God. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. You have honored and glorified me with your life. Come and join me in my happiness. Or is it going to be, you wicked, you lazy servant. I gave you so much. And I let this, and this fear was guiding you the whole time. But you let fears and comforts control your life and not me. I was never Lord of your life. You were always Lord of your life. I just got a phone call this morning about 740. I said my uncle Jake died. He was a good man. And I'm excited for him. I'm sad. He was, but that guy was faithful. He lived his life for Jesus Christ. And today, because he did that, this morning he met Jesus Christ. And God said, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's something we don't want to mess up in this life. We got one shot. You don't want to mess it up. So my question is, do we have the right perspective? Are we living every day in that perspective? Or are we letting our fears and comforts keep us from following the Spirit's leading? I'm going to close with a story. Once upon a time, in Duckville, there were a bunch of ducks. Now these ducks all lived in this, these duck houses, and they had these duck streets. And, and these ducks... On Sunday morning, walked into their duck churches. The duck, store, duck door opens and they sat in their duck pews. And the duck preacher got behind his duck pulpit. And he said, ducks, I'm reading scripture. You have wings and with wings you can fly. Ducks, with wings you can soar over mountains. And all the ducks waved their wings up and they all said, testify, hallelujah, glory, we believe you, pastor. And then the duck doors opened and the service was over and all the ducks waddled home. Dwayne's done an amazing job at preaching on the Holy Spirit. This is the last sermon of the series. He's done a great job of showing the blessings of obeying the Holy Spirit. You know, how to know when the Spirit's moving. Theology about the Holy Spirit. You do not fo- you're not following the Holy Spirit because of a lack of understanding. You know the Holy Spirit. But you have a choice to make at the end of this series, at the end of this service. Are you going to leave this place waddling? Are you going to leave this place soaring? Some of you know the Holy Spirit is, is, is guiding you and leading you into something. Where he's put something on your heart. Maybe it's as small as talking to your, your child about something. Something you don't want to talk to them about. Maybe it's as as big as God's calling you to move somewhere. 
or to switch jobs. He's saying, trust me. This is hard. This is risk. You're going to be incapable. People are going to laugh at you. You're going to be known as crazy. But trust me on this. And this morning, the elders and I want to pray with you guys. Some of you in here and you're thinking, man, ah, I want to do this. The Holy Spirit, but obedience is so hard. And that's what the church is for. To lift each other up, to sharpen each other. Let's all stand up. We're going to have a closing song. And during this song, if, if you're there, if you're like, I know the Holy Spirit's guiding me. I, or I want to become sensitive to him. I know he's trying to say something. I can't quite figure it out. But it, I'm having a hard time with obedience. Obedience is hard. We want to pray with you. The prayer team is ready too. You don't have to tell us what you're going through. It can be just simple as like, I just need prayer in this area. We'll pray for you. So as the band plays the last song, um, you can sing, you can pray. But if you want prayer, come up to the front here. We'll pray with you. God, right now, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, for not just leaving us here alone, but for sending your spirit into us to God and direct us. God, help us to become warriors for you, not to be weak Christians. But when you ask us to do something, no matter what it is, that we charge forward and we do it. God, help us to be people who don't care what other people think. But know that, that whatever you say, that's the best. You love us and you have our best interests in mind. God, make us strong for you. In your name.